Hello, Connor Campbell. Adam, how are we? I haven't spoken in three months. I, I have not seen your face in three months. In <laughs> fact, no one can see your face right now. Ah, uh, yes. Audio only. Brave new world. <laughs> <laughs> how have you been been keeping? Gyms are back open. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm embracing the that bit of normality that I think being jabbed for the second time can afford you. <laughs> so yeah, I had my my second dose of the vaccine, and I feel like a new man. Still waiting on mine, my second one. But it's it does seem like does it seem to you that we were never close at all? Like things got back to normal very very quickly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's that typical thing, you know, when you're in school, and you'd be off for the summer, which is such a insane concept. God, I wish I appreciated it. <laughs> but when you'd be off for the summer and you'd you go back to school that that first day, and you'd be dreading it, and then the day would be over, and you'd be like, oh yeah, it's like I never stop. It's just normal again. It's crazy. Yeah. But at least, well, I'd say most people are like that and coming back into gyms. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there, there was people who came back entirely different people, you know, and I'm sure you, you've dealt with people like that. Some of your clients who have come back into training with completely different mindsets, maybe even completely different body types or completely different strength levels, which is totally normal, especially after, especially after such, a, such a crazy year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more likely that, that you'd come back after... 18 months being a pretty different person than you were, you know, 18 months ago. Like, I think even if nothing had happened, it's pretty likely you'd be different, you know, mm. never mind like a lot of forced isolation and, you know, a lot of time to kind of sink and swim. And mm. I guess a lot of people did do a lot of <laughs> sinking or swimming, <laughs> you know? Maybe um, a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. Gyms reopening and things like that. And people's different, uh, different mindsets and a lot of people I was talking to someone the other day actually about how much powerlifting so like powerlifters in Ireland spent on equipment over the course of the mm. the pandemic like I'd love to know like I reckon it has to be like it's definitely touching seven figures like like all of the powerlifters uh, in Ireland and how much they spent on equipment you know if like Thousand people spent a thousand euro. Nah. Well, you don't think? Fuck, actually, maybe. Damn. It's because then you're talking people buying sheds, building sheds. Mm. You know the flooring, laying, laying down concrete floors. Yeah. Shit, actually, maybe. Yeah. Some Man, people I know some people who spent like. Yeah, some people spent fifteen, twenty grand, like, and didn't even I, know it. <laughs> really? Yeah. How many ERX have you seen? I've seen a good few people with ERX. That's not five grand right there. Twenty grand, out. are they? Yeah, Jesus maybe three Christ. and a half. Maybe three and a half. Actually, I might be wrong. Shout out to my boy Andrew Rowe hooking me up with that two hundred euro squat rack. <laughs> <laughs> Still way better than the one I had. It was, it's an amazing rack. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. That's actually that's actually crazy. I hadn't considered people were spending that much money, but people mm-hmm. really amazed me with their commitment. Yeah. It's kind of I like think. we we really have no other hobbies <laughs> as a sport. <laughs> we couldn't do anything else. We couldn't just read a book. Had to fork out a couple of grand on a home on a home gym. Yeah, it's true. It's like people. I don't know. Powerlifters probably 
like recreational powerlifters, like not even people who are super like uh, high level, you know, they train like harder than or or more than like some professional athletes, mm. you know, <laughs> like That's imagine true. being like very mediocre at a sport and still training 12 plus hours a week, like it being your entire life. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's very strange. That's very strange how I don't know about you, but like over the course of my training career, my training history, I suppose I've been doing I've been in and out of gyms now for coming on 10 years, but training for like strength and power things specifically for six or seven. My my like the amount of time I want to spend in the gym now is so much lower <laughs> than the amount of time I wanted to spend in the gym four or five years ago, you know? Is it a little I, bit different for you now? Sorry to cut across you, but like you're working in the gym that you train in and there's not many other powerlifters. Yeah, I was going to I was going to get to that. Like Sorry. it's like before I remember there was a time where for some reason there was something happening where like my training times were going to be impeded on and the idea of training less than 12 hours a week was like was dreadful. You know, it was like okay, well, I need to figure out an alternative solution here because this just isn't going to work for me. And like <laughs> now the idea of training 12 hours a week to me is 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 disgusting, you know? <laughs> like if I can get my stuff, my, my work done in like four to six hours in the week, like that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. And if you impose that on me, it sounds even better. <laughs> it, does, it does feel good to, to be in and out in like an hour. You actually yeah. feel like you're your training as opposed to just flamping around which does happen and i think we're as a sport we're particularly bad for it but at the same time like i'm only thinking to to chaos where i train that's my kind of socializing as well mm. and we we kind of we talk a lot about training and just obviously random stuff as well and so i'll gladly spend a couple of hours there because it's you don't especially the last year or two years nearly at this stage jesus christ um, you don't really get the opportunity to do much else. Yeah, that's a good point. But in terms yeah, like, of actual training, for sure, like we take the piss. Yeah. And for me, of course, be, be it being the fact that it's my place of work too. Mm. Like, and, and it you can't just switch between that. Like, you know, when you're in your place of work, you're in your place of work. Like, it yeah. feels like work, even if you're training for yourself. Like, it feels like work. Especially in the, the kind of gym environment that you train in. Or, yeah, that you train in, right? Like, mm -hmm. if if you worked in this big commercial gym, you could almost like fade into the background and be like, I'm a trainee now, but in the small kind of semi-private or totally private, I suppose you could say environments mm -hmm. you work in, you're not hiding. Like if you act like a dick because you're on your training time or you're about to hit your top set, that is a very real impact on the members and on your job. Oh, big time. You, you need to be on your best behavior at all times. Not even that you need 100%. to, but that you want to, you don't want to put across any kind of false image that you're a dickhead or anything like that of course and as well like people don't understand that like so like you know we're not open all all, all the time we're open for specific times in the morning and the evening but you know i might come in during the day to train and i'll have all the lights on but people don't understand that we're still closed <laughs> <laughs> it's just me there and and i want to just do my training get out of there like i've had it happen where someone will turn up and you know, I, I under, totally understand why they wouldn't understand, but come in and just just take a dump on my training time. Uh -huh. 
Yes, they're starting um, to take bars out. And you're you, obviously using one and you were like, you can't do that stuff. Yeah, or just stand around and talk to me about like their membership and stuff for ages. Which yeah, it's fine. But like um yeah, so in in my case it's a bit different, but like there was once a time where I thought that like I had to I had to put in more than six hours to achieve the kind of like the you know training results that I that I wanted. And like I would feel terrible about myself if I didn't, you know? And and it's literally only in recent times that I'm like that I accept I don't want to be in the gym more than six hours a week, you know? And that you don't need really to either. Trainer. Yeah. And and so now we're structuring training around that, uh, around that nuance, around that human complexity. I was gonna call it a homo complexity to sound really, really <laughs> smart there. But um yeah, and my training has been going really, really good. I'm having fun with it. Kind of letting you do the things that you want to do, for the most part, mm-hmm. has, has been a big plus in your training. And I, I think it's no, excuse me, it's no secret that it hadn't been going well for a long time, like we had talked about this. But taking a real kind of laid back approach and being like, ah, sure, we'll do, we'll do a few bits, we'll do some for a few, keeping it like kind of low stress, low reps, whatever you want, we'll, once it's consistent. Mm-hmm. And keeping it within that kind of time con- constraint has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like who who knew like, individualizing training would go so well? <laughs> it's funny. Like I, there's a lot to be said for the potentiation of just simply enjoying training. You know, like mm. enjoying one training block and heading into another training block that you're you know you're going to enjoy. Like that's a factor that really does heavily potentiate training that no one ever considers. Like. Mm. Like contrary to popular belief, it's not life and death, and it's a hobby. So enjoying it is is important. It's a hobby yeah. with benefits, yeah. like of course. But oh yeah, of all of all hobbies to do, like it's one of those hobbies that like is inherently just good for you underneath it all. Like you're inherently mm-hmm. doing something that's very very positive. Um, I mean, obviously, when you take something, when you're doing something for sport, the objective changes, and you're you're no longer like you no longer are as interested in your health as you would be if you were just doing it for health. Like you leave opportunity and oftentimes um, maybe come closer to like acute injury and things like that in, uh, just due to the nature of competition. Mm. But like, yeah, we, we, like at the end of the day, you're, you're doing resistance training, which is just unequivocally good, you know? Absolutely. It's good for you. But that, that nicely leads us on to the, um, the other thing that happened to powerlifters over lockdown. And it's that they realized that maybe it isn't life or death. <laughs> maybe there's other things out there that, that I like too, you know? I know it's happened. I know I've had a couple of guys, my own guys, who have come to me and said, hey, I want to do this thing as well. Can can I can I do that as a powerlifter? It's like, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> of course you can go for a walk. <laughs> like, like to go have you experienced much of that? Sure. Great. And it's not that a week's training or a block of go- is going out the window uh, as a result of the interference effect, but it's, it's who said it very well recently, I can't remember who, but kind of fitness and training should complement or facilitate a healthy life, not replace it. You know, yes. and if, if people wanted to try new things, which is fantastic, it's kind of reaping the benefits of being able-bodied and being strong. Fuck yeah, go for it. If, if you want to try a different sport for 
the period of time or if you want to try a more non-specific block fantastic whereas a lot of people kind of say oh well that's not congruent with the goals you set for yourself five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever like you're not that same person anymore fucking get over it if you want to try something give it a shot Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i think it's sold on the fairy tale that like you too could be a world champion if you just work hard Mm. you know it's like yeah it's not it's, it's just not that uh just doesn't work like that you know and if you can maybe find something that makes your life way more enjoyable you know if you like if you found one of one of the guys that i that i coach um has gotten really into bouldering and bouldering is super cool and super fun yeah yeah does it heavily affect his training his powerlifting training sure do i care no <laughs> not at all because he's happier and he's he's enjoying himself and yeah we'll just change the training around that you know we'll, we'll, we'll find a different um a different protocol or like week of training that just like structure essentially that just works well allows him to to do that thing that he still does enjoy and like and wants to continue you know chopping away at over time Mm. and he can do these other things that are yes stressful but fun and engaging and rewarding and ultimately if you're a fitness professional those things are should be really really important to you it's you you can you can often see it uh, maybe a little bit less in powerlifting but in kind of general strength training or online coaching or personal training like people will will hold their clients to whatever initial goal they had set themselves and they they won't allow any sort of flexibility with it or they'll kind of say oh well this will affect your training now and this but as as you've said like if it makes them happy and if they're active and they're they're doing bits fucking fantastic like there was a lot of people in powerlifting who got the opportunity to try new stuff over lockdown let's say as, as things were opening back up and they found that oh I, I prefer this to powerlifting and some people have left the sport and fair play to them like they're they're better off leaving if that was making them happy you know mm-hmm. and it was it was weird you kind of saw golf got very popular over not over lockdown but as things opened up I suppose the nature of the sport, you can facilitate distancing extremely well. I got into golf for a bit. That was fucking fantastic, you know? But a lot of people, activities like that, a lot of people just say, oh, I actually prefer this to, to powerlifting, especially with the negative connotation that you can give powerlifting so much. You're like If you are hyper-focused on it and if you obsess over it, you can fucking ruin it for yourself. And you get to a point then, and I think we all know everyone who has, used to be like super bought in and super into it and ruined it for themselves and is doing nothing is doing no physical activity you would have been better off to find something else that you enjoy to stay active and stay healthy as opposed to just quitting exercise altogether you know it's like it's like anything you know if if you if you do too much of any one thing if you eat too much of the same ice cream you know you get sick of it it's uh there's there's there is objectively healthy and unhealthy ways to approach anything right um and obviously they're they're, that's they're highly individual like some people can devote a ton of their life and will successfully do that to the point um to reach the goal you know the Mm. thing that they wanted to reach which ultimately in powerlifting like powerlifting is just a game of like if you really do want to reach 
your your fullest potential in powerlifting it's just about finding a way to be consistent and adhere for 10 to 20 years mm -hmm. that's literally all it takes <laughs> like it's super slow yeah that's 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 what we know like you just need to outlast people you know and and, and that's how you'll get there so it's about finding a training protocol that is um repeatable consistent adherable like not necessarily one that like is is in line with uh what's in vogue at the moment you know like high volume low volume all these different things you know if you found something 20 years ago that like that you liked and works well for you and it's it's your life hasn't changed all that much and you, you know you haven't needed to change things much and it's still working for you like you know you're probably going to be pretty close to as strong as you can be mm, absolutely in terms of concurrent training there's been not a lot of controversy i think everyone kind of understood the implications of trying to do two things at the same time let's say just for, to be to be silly and and as we've just talked about there are people now trying there are more people trying to balance different sporting activities or different physical activities together and it was often kind of said that oh if you if you do one other thing your whole training is going to be fucked you'll you'll regress on everything you'll fucking die oh this the interference effect will come into your house and steal your kids but <laughs> it's not as bad as that and I think Chris, it was a Chris Beardsley who put up just just recently. Uh, he reviewed a meta analysis. He didn't review a meta analysis. He, he put it up on a story anyway, or he made a post about it. This meta analysis about concurrent training, and I think everyone thought this, but it's nice to see it actually put in a formal setting. Was that can, the interference effect is more pronounced? Obviously, the the more trained you are, and it is less relevant for more moderate and beginner trainees which let's be real as most people, you know, and that's, that's kind of encouraging and that you can, you can also mitigate the impacts of the interference effects by kind of spacing your training sessions. So if let's say I wanted to get really good at running um, if I did that on separate days to my powerlifting training, that's a huge chunk of the interference effect kind of taken care of. And if I'm shit at running, which I am, I could do very little and improve and it likely won't have a huge impact on my powerlifting training. And obviously, if I got stronger at the powerlifts, if I became a better powerlifter or if I got better at running, then they might be at odds with each other. If I needed to do more work to improve, let's say in a very rough, on a rough scale, then you would be looking at some effect. And it's not necessarily net negative or even net neutral, but you will be kind of blunting any adaptive signaling for a, a multitude of reasons. But then what's to say if, let's say, and I've often said this to adam and i've often been made fun of because of it by saying i wanted to be a, a multidisciplinary athlete and i've made this no secret that i didn't want to be the best powerlifter but i wanted to be strong in squat bench and deadlift i'd like to be good at running swimming cycling fighting in a load of different ways whatever load of different things and i think a lot of people kind of fit into that bracket as well that's kind of encouraging that you can periodize different activities without destroying yourself once you're smart about it which is very tough and it's a very individual thing but you do have the option to do multiple things at the same time i think it was austin baraki from barbell medicine used to be a very very competitive swimmer and had kind of given it up since really starting seriously in into weight training 
and he started it back again recently. Kind of like what we had said about the start with COVID and people getting into different activities or finding maybe even a bit of staleness with weight training. But people coming back into old activities or even new activities and loving it. And he has been documenting his kind of strength training progress as well as the reintroduction with with regular swimming. And I suppose trying to document the interference effect. And he's simply not not terribly finding it. And he's a strong guy. And he's, I'd imagine, a very good swimmer as well. And it's, I kind of wonder when that thing happens, would it, could it be necessarily beneficial for your training if you've this renewed kind of motivation or your energy or your readiness to train is improved because you're not just bashing your head against the wall in the gym doing nothing else with no reprise if you have something else that's giving you this enjoyment it might make everything else a bit better you know what what do you think about that well i think having other things is pretty conducive to the overall goal of like a powerlifting coach when trying to conceptualize how they're going to get this athlete from like where they are now to where they want to be which is typically like the best they can be you know and that means you're trying to put them through various various uh, stressors for a long time <laughs> like mm. there's no way of, around that like you you're they have to train consistently for a long time so it's it's pretty those things are almost in line having another thing to to enjoy and having another thing to to uh take solace in or or, or take some some a bit of kind of some bit of um I guess reprise would be the word when powerlifting isn't going the way you maybe want it to be going in the immediate sense. Like I, I oftentimes, I often get worried when people are like almost manic about like what they want to do right now, like how hard they want to work right now to achieve their goals. Like, and I sometimes feel bad about having to kind of like gently pull them back a little bit and say like, look, that's great. Like, I love that you're that motivated, but let's try and turn that into like a drive, you know, let's try and identify what we, what we should and can do now and do that but leave room for other things as well leave room to, for you to live your life because there's no way you're gonna not live a life for the next 10 years there's no way you're gonna go the next 10 years with nothing but powerlifting in your life that's just not going mm. to happen and that is very conflicting with the overall goal which is have this person get to that that point you know get to the point where they've been doing the thing for a long time you know so in 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 some more philosophical senses like it's much better to have another thing <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. much better to and, and it doesn't always have to be this other physical outlet you know it doesn't have to be this other physical outlet where you're chasing improvement you know it, it could be some form of physical outlet where you're just doing it for fun you're just doing it for like enjoyment you're you're, you're not necessarily tracking the data you know, <laughs> or, or monitoring anything or it could be something mm-hmm. else just, just something else yeah, you know it doesn't have that. to be exactly yeah it doesn't have to be competitive all the time that's a really good point. But it, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And it's it's what you said about people having that fire as, as opposed to nearly that kind of long-term drive. It's like having that fire is great, you say, but it's not sustainable. It's it's great if you're in your block coming up to your meet. But as you said, for 10 years, no. If you can get yeah. through it, you're going to be miserable at the end of it. But you simply won't. And you're kind of almost setting yourself up for failure. If you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm so pumped, I'm so driven. And then in a couple of weeks when you eventually don't feel that way, what's your kind of self-talk going to be? 
are you going to beat the shit out of yourself because you're not as driven as you used to be? It's like, oh, maybe you're just a human being mm-hmm. who just has these natural fluctuations in, in motivation. You're better off to have really strong, solid habits consolidated and having a long-term plan in place that is inherently flexible, as we do often say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess, I don't know, variety is the, the spice of life, as they say, you know? Facts. And for most people, obviously, there's people who can exist away just fine without a whole pile of variety. For sure. And, uh, and, and, and can do the powerlifting thing and, and allocate most of their resources for, for a very long time and reach that point. But yeah, I think it's it's like even if you take some of the best lifters in the world right now, the best lifter in the world, uh, at least drug tested lifter in the world, Taylor Atwood. Taylor talks a lot about not being a powerlifter all the time. You know, sometimes he totally changes his training and goes down like a, a bodybuilding route, and and like it's working. And I don't think well. I think it's very easy to see that and be like, okay, well, I just need to do loads of bodybuilding and it's the bodybuilding that's making him that strong. I, I personally, I mean, hey, maybe, right? Maybe. I don't know. But what I think and what, what I see happening is like, this dude's been the best for a long time. like, And he's found a way to to take some time away from powerlifting in certain senses, like enjoy training again, get to that point where he's, maybe ready to push for another six months into a world championships or a national championships or something like that, you know, and, and, and find that balance. I think he, he is an example of someone who's just struck the perfect balance, you know, mm. for him, it's for him. He's lucky. I guess it's just the person he is to have found something that is still quite close to what powerlifting is, you know, but like, that doesn't mean that your thing has to be close to powerlifting, you know, like it doesn't at all, you know, can be something totally different i think right now i'm not doing that thing just for logistical reasons but like if i could do something right now like it would be scuba diving which is no like has you know <laughs> there's there's no correlation there's there's no similarity there between the two things but i have a very very strong feeling that because right now i'm fairly motivated for training i'm fairly excited because things are going my way <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that when that stops and it will stop of course it'll stop at some point i will do much better if i have another thing if i have mm. scuba diving or if i have another sort not another outlet another way to spend my time and enjoy my time out in the world and, and physically i'm pretty sure in fact i'm positive at this point that that will do a lot more for my training than just trying to bash my head as you were saying off that brick wall and force myself mm. and like feel bad about myself i'm the problem you know like run through all that 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 wheel of emotions um yeah, I, I just think you need another thing. What are three things that you could pick out? Let's say at the moment you said scuba diving was one. Give me three other things that you you would love to do that would provide that kind of outlet for you. Outlet. Not necessarily. I think right now for me, maybe it's um, maybe it's heavily dictated by COVID and things like that. But right now for me, um, things that are out in the world are very appealing. So like. Hill walking, that's another one. We went on a savage hill walk there that's a couple cool. of months back. And it was great. It was one of the, the most enjoyable few few hours I had had this year at that point, you know. And, and I, I'm i not afraid of saying that, like, that last, uh, for me, it was a six-month lockdown because, obviously, I work in a gym. 
and we, well, we did have level five restrictions for six months, right? So, I mean, okay, it was a six mm, months. Pretty much, now, pretty much, yeah, I think. That was horrendous for me, like, you know, um, mentally. Like, obviously, it was necessary. I still think it was necessary, but yeah, for, for, from a mental health point of view, it was terrible. But that one day where we got out, we climbed up a, you know, just did this big, huge thing around in a, in a beautiful area. Spent a few hours out in the world traversing lands that being extremely laissez faire about what was in hindsight extremely dangerous things. Yeah, yeah, super dangerous. Um, that that just immediately regenerated so much of that that mental those mental kind of resources that I had totally depleted. You know, mm. like it like immediately gave me like three months back. <laughs> you know, I find myself feeling like found myself feeling so much better immediately from that just that one thing um so yeah like i couldn't name any two hill walking i guess is another and then something else that's outdoors you know like yeah would you care to be a bit more specific not really i don't really care like basketball is something that that you enjoy literally dunking on me whenever i'm dead <laughs> Yeah, basketball is one that yeah slips through the cracks, I suppose, because I do enjoy it a lot. I mean, I do it a lot, so clearly I enjoy it a lot. Ah, fair. So that's probably why it was a second thought, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels it's nearly like nearly that kind of task. It's nearly that kind of chore almost to do now at this point. You know what I mean? Really? There's no novelty to it, I suppose. Because like, it's quite like powerlifting in that it's you're just doing the same shit over and 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 over again, you know? Whereas, like, when you're hill walking a new thing, it's like everything is new and it's all, you know, there's there's constantly varied experience, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's a fantastic thing and I love it. Love it an awful lot. Absolutely. What about you? Well, hill walking or hiking is definitely one and I, I would love to, to get out more and do it. And the nature of my work at the moment aside from being online to be heavily on the weekends which i i'm not afraid to say that i hate just because let's say even spending time with my girlfriend it's not it's not terribly feasible or meeting up with any of the the odyssey gang it's not really feasible during the week but um as soon as things start to, to clear up a bit on the weekends hill walking for sure i have a ton of routes saved that i'd love to go on it'll be dodgy now coming into the winter but that'll add a little bit of bit of fun bit of, spice. bit of fun to it you know and <laughs> definitely should be more prepared than we were like i don't even think we had water we didn't have water no i think from a from a safety point of view you're correct but i, I brought some head cream. i like the idea I brought some cream, brought some cream. Bring water and um, i'll stop um, by that decision um, <laughs> I, I i'd love to do more golfing i'm not good as pretty much everyone else is but i'd like to be i'd like to be good at the first when you i understand why people spend so much time and money at it like when you hit a good one you're like oh i'm fucking fantastic see you on the tour lads and then of course you'd be shit then for the rest of the day but um i'd love to do be good at that and there's so many other things so many other things um i'd love to do more jiu-jitsu and more muay thai but at the moment, not terribly feasible. Or one thing that I've, I think we've spoken about in depth 
these triathlons are just running, swimming, cycling. It's so fucking impressive. Yeah. And being able to just, because it's so mental, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. you immediately think of it as a really physical task, but once you have this level of proficiency, you can kind of go all day as long as you're fueled correctly and your mental is there, you know? And the mental side of things, I think, is hugely, hugely impressive. And if it wasn't so at odds with powerlifting, and if I wasn't so lazy, I would definitely do it right now. <laughs> Especially the swimming, yeah. the swimming side of things. I've been because like swimming isn't terribly fatiguing, and I can't imagine it will take many recovery or adaptive resources from you. You could probably argue that point. I, 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 what I'm going to say is that yeah, powerlifting is also can also be a, a nice handy excuse sometimes, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this safe, consistent. Oh no, no, I'm I'm an athlete. I prioritize my training. It's like I just asked you to come out for a fucking beer. Like would you come on? <laughs> it is an excuse. It's a it's a it can be. lazy, can be. lazy sport and a lazy excuse. If you don't think it's a lazy expo- lazy sport, fucking fight me. <laughs> when you see the shit that people do, when you see somebody said this to me recently, I can't remember who. But when you think that you're a warrior because you're a powerlifter, it's like people use your sport just to train for their sport in a combination of other things. Like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, each each their own, like, but I mean. Oh, yeah, like each their know. own. I just say that to, so I don't look yeah, like yeah, such yeah, an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, like, you, you get what I mean. And when you see the things that other athletes are doing. And it's definitely because I'm in this camp looking out. I'm sure they, they feel the same, but when you see the shit that people do, you can kind of say, well, I go, well, powerlifting isn't terribly tough or like, I'm not tough because I decide to go into my air conditioned room for an hour and self-select load. Hey Connor, hey dude, speak for yourself, man. I train (laughs) without air conditioning. I, oh, I, I'm sorry. a real warrior. I put uh, myself through the trenches. My air conditioning is the the door being open in chaos. So, <laughs> um, well, uh, oh yeah. So the, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. It's uh, got me thinking. The whole like, you know, I agree with you. I find what endurance athletes do extremely impressive. Like, and not, I have no reference point. I have no context. But like, if someone tells me that they did like they just completed a triathlon i'm like so impressed you know what i mean it's like (laughs) that's so cool and it's like when people when those same athletes it happens in the gym we have a little board in the gym you know what i mean like a numbers board where you Mm. put in your squat your bench your deadlift when people see like my squat they're like and they have no reference point they're like oh my god that's a million kilos yeah, it's like no, no, no. You see, I have to then try and explain the 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 intricacies of the sport of powerlifting. They and then they're shit. like, they don't just, care. You're just so humble. And it's like, no, I, <laughs> no, believe me, stop. Yeah, no, my bench press. Please don't even don't say anything. But um, and then when they go and tell people, like Adam's amazing, he benches a hundred kilos, and you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't tell them. My insecurities jumped at me there when you said 100 <laughs> kilos. I was, I was going to correct you, but I won't. I'll just bathe in my own insecurities. Sorry, 105. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny thing, though, as well. And it's girlfriends are the worst for it. They're like, he's an athlete. He does this and this. And you're like, shut your mouth right now. It's like, stop talking. 
<laughs> yeah i get you no it's cool and there's always a like a grass is greener element like Absolutely. i think it's kind of the people we are as well like we're very we're very amused and uh, interested by these kind of these endeavors that just seem difficult mm. so funny another another thing another uh, i suppose there's a bit of an elephant in the room and that it is the 10th of august and powerlifting competitions, um, at least through the Irish Powerlifting Federation, which is the federation that we um, that we coach and compete in, um, they haven't been happening since February 2020. And they are about to happen in the first weekend of September. So we are, I believe, what is it? We're one, two, three, four weeks away from the return of powerlifting in the Irish Powerlifting Federation. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> how, do you feel? How, how, how are you feeling about it? It's speaking from an Odyssey point of view, the amount, the amount of people that we've taken on since COVID started is fucking bananas. And to have such, and it's, it's inherent to the sport of powerlifting, I believe that you will have so many Instagram friends that you talk to all the time that you've never met. Mm-hmm. And then when you're at a meeting, you're like, holy shit, you're fucking Adam underscore Odyssey. It's like, oh, savage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for people on the team that you like coach and interact with on a daily basis, for you to never have met them, and then for you to be going through the ups and downs of the training process and like guiding them, and then to for it all to culminate on a meet day, and for that to be the first time you've ever met them, that's fucking insane. It is one of those weird, I can't think of another sport that really has that, you know, that has that, um, like coach athlete paradigm, the way it works. It's, um, yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, really excited, really excited for that. It won't be, neither of us are competing, are we? No. Well, we're each, we, we are each other's coaches, so I would hope that we will yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're, we are not. I can speak for both myself and you when I say no, we are not competing. Well, you might compete. Are you going to compete? Well, I'm not a junior anymore. Actually, that doesn't matter. What am I talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, one you can't of compete the, when you're not a junior. <laughs> one of the many, that'll be like my excuse. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm 94. I can't compete. It's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not a junior. Uh, yeah, I'm one of the, one of the many juniors who had the the end of their very successful powerlifting junior career taken away from them and i'm outraged i really really wanted to see what a what a what a junior connor campbell would do and i no longer care now that he is no longer a junior worlds was right here we've had it (laughs) if only i wasn't a member of a specific club (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah um, yeah Anyway, um, but yeah, no, from a, from a wholesome, holistic sport point of view, I'm super excited because obviously, as you said, like we've grown massively, um, we've taken on a lot more athletes and a lot of our, um, coaching practices have kind of come up to meet that, you know, like we, we've grown a lot as well, um, as coaches so i think for the sport of powerlifting at least in ireland i think this next uh 12 12 to 18 months is going to be really cool because there's going to be 
a lot more people, a lot more talent. Uh, coaching has developed a lot nationally, you know. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm just so excited for that that competition environment again because it's it, it's starting to feel so far away now, you know. Like even though February 2020 was only there was a wild hour where I would have said, "Geez, February 2020 only felt like yesterday," you know, and that that wasn't so long ago. But now it feels like a long time ago, mm. you know. And I'm I'm I I have that bit of like anxiety almost headed into competition you know that that positive excitement you know that mm-hmm. like that that the, those jitters at the thought of being on uh, in a in a comp in, in a warm-up room and inhaling chalk and talc and the rest of it and watching the watching the scoreboard and trying to juggle people and personalities and handling and, and the rest of it yeah i'm so excited it's going to be so fun so much fun and as you said the main thing is just going to be getting to see people again mm get to see a lot of people that we'll be very close to that we haven't been able to see in a long time and then on the other end of it a lot of people who we just haven't met <laughs> you know it's gonna be cool how many competitions are there on i mean irish pf so we've got we've got the abs competition on the third and fourth okay. we've got the oh that is an irish pf one oh, that is an irish pf comp yeah we've got a city gym competition on the i believe 25th 26th which i'm very excited for me too bro um, my birthday we've got it's your birthday let's go that's why i was excited uh then we've got junior nationals which is going to be ridiculous mm. on the 16th believe, 17th. yes 16th 17th of october what's that 12 weeks 13 weeks, 10. 12 weeks 10 just 10 weeks it'll be nine actually no it's 10 sorry okay um I need to open my date duration calculator. I feel like, I feel like if you're like an online powerlifting coach, you've used the date duration calculator that like it's the first result on Google. So, but yeah. Um, and then there's going to be another competition. I think details to be confirmed in December. Uh, December last chance. It's tough to imagine a time where there was ever enough competitions. Mm. But it's, it's, I know it's weird and, I, and, and I'm not disparaging any of the committee because it's notoriously a difficult task to be to every fucking step of it is difficult, but to be able to put on competitions at specific times for people to line up with, with other competitions or with their training or whatever mm-hmm. is very difficult. And it's tough to imagine a time where you could put on the right amount. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And then getting venues mm-hmm. is hard. Getting volunteers is hard. It's all hard. I think, venue, we, I think venues is probably the most challenging mm. thing. Like right now, we've got two venues. You know? Yeah, fuck. It is tough. I don't know what, like, you know, there used to be a lot more um, hotel venues. Mm. Like random kind of, you set up shop in a hotel for the weekend, bring equipment, bring the platforms, you know. I mean, I have no idea. I've, I've never been involved in the running of one. As much as I have wanted to, but I've, I've never been involved in the running of one. So I don't know the ins and outs of intricacies and costs and things like that. I, obviously, I, I can see why it's far easier to host it in the gym. Where the equipment is the like there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I have a small it's bit of insight into it from a couple of them, and it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It's never mind even costs. And then, as we saw in the in the, in the UCC meet, fucking repairs. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Transport, hiring the venue, like trying to 
accommodate everyone and facilitate everything is is unbelievably bananas yeah i think uh, especially if it's for like the irish powerlifting federation you know like if it's if it's um you know if, if it's like an in-house meet or something for your for your own business or like if it's pushing your own thing then then it, it's different but like mm. yeah when you're doing it for like the good of other people yeah it's it's tough going it's tough going i think just a maybe an ending note we had alluded to this early on and i and i had a conversation about this with mr arthur lynch or dr arthur lynch phd as he likes to be called <laughs> the amount that sporting organizations rely on volunteers is insane it's like just people giving their time for the good of the sport or for the good of the competitors is crazy and so if you're competing at any of the meets coming up or even if you're spectating if you can do your bit to help out or even say thanks to the people who are giving up their time and generally with some sort of financial i mean they're giving up some kind of finances as well at the same time getting themselves there facilitating the whole thing be sound say thanks yeah and i think like a lot of people like i think from an athlete or coach point of view like if you just don't have anything else to give being sound and saying thanks and being appreciative and being respectful be fucking respectful of the competition of the equipment like that's my biggest pet peeve is when people are disrespectful of the competition equipment i think before i might not have said stuff i don't care anymore like if, <laughs> if i a part of if i'm in a warm-up room and, and i i can see people being disrespectful of the equipment i'm gonna say it because it's just like it's so so messed up like that that's it's super expensive equipment hmm. that like is being supplied to you for a, a minuscule fee for a weekend you know what i mean but yeah if you're doing those things and you're just being generally a, a half decent human being then you're doing enough like because people forget that yes it it, it uh depends on spectators and things like that but like we also need athletes. <laughs> we also need people to be buying these competition tickets. We also need coaches for these athletes. We need people to perpetuate the sport, you know, and continue to, to grow. So there's, while yes, we on 100% need volunteers and they really make, make the, the gears turn. We, we also need people, you know? Mm. So like a lot of people, myself included, have like felt really bad in the past about maybe not being able to do more, but if you're just competing and like posting about the sport online and, and helping to kind of push and grow the sport, then you're doing enough beyond that. Just, just be sound. I find just be sound to be just great advice always for everything. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Big respect to, to all the people who find themselves volunteering, even when it's not, uh, not convenient for themselves. I think we, I think we got it. I think we did it, Connor. We first one back. We got him. We got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that it was three months yesterday since uh, since we recorded our last one, and obviously oh, reasons for that would be just uh, the world opened again. <laughs> we we started doing things and uh, started enjoying what what life had to offer once again. So I'm glad we did that. I'm, I'm glad we're back. Obviously, this first one's just going to be just was a, a chance for us to kind of catch up and, and cut our teeth again but um 
yeah, I'm looking forward to getting more guests on and, and picking out topics and, and, and delving deeper into those topics in the, in the coming episodes. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. Again, to the three people that listen. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll be back. We're going to, again, get back to hopefully the level of consistency we were, we were at before, which is an episode once once every couple of weeks once once a week maybe once every two weeks and uh and yeah we'd like to get on some guests and have some cool conversations so thanks again we will see you the next time all the best